Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on, everybody? We are back, and uh, man, it's crazy. Last podcast, I was kind of thinking we're going to start talking Dolphins, but Grifka, it's the bye yeah, week. Yeah, it's the bye week. I guess it's the weekend to actually catch up with the family, see what's happening, make sure make sure my kids are still okay. <laughs> yeah. No days off on the Kool-Aid cast, Grifka. We're back here talking football, but uh, we're going to have a bunch of different things we're going to talk about today, Lions-related, probably dip into the Dolphins a little bit, but we're also going to tackle some other topics just to kind of, you know, do some different things since there's not a football game right on top of us this Sunday for our Lions. But, uh, man, it almost snuck by me. I was uh, talked about a lot, and then I forgot. And uh, so we'll do some different things today, have some fun, and then we'll uh, definitely be – diving deep into the Dolphins next week because uh, that's a winnable game, and that's a team that we need to go down and beat. So, Grifka, what's going on? News, notes, I mean, topics, what do you think? Being a bye week, week, I mean, there's not a whole lot of news coming out of Allen Park. I mean, from all the uh, all the uh, articles I'm reading and what I'm listening to, it's just like still it's bye week, not too much is happening. You know, uh, a lot of the players taking time off, either go spending time with their family, taking a mini vacation, something like that. So, not too much news and notes coming out. So I thought maybe we just kind of break into start talking about, uh, you know, some of the injuries that we were kind of touching base on last time and even go a little deeper. I know there's a few other guys. I know we had talked about Ziggy and with him and TJ, but I mean, there's a couple other guys, you know, um, you know, what a you know, digs look pretty good, even with his cast on, um, Jamal Agnew, that's another one. And, you know, what are you thinking about, like, a few of these injuries, you know, with one week to heal up, but some that could last a little longer? Do you think uh, Lions need to bring in other people, or do you think, uh, you know, uh, they're just going to do everything in-house? Griffith, before I talk about the injuries, uh, where where's your boy Slay and, and the wifey going on vacation? No, nah, man, he's, he's keeping it quiet because he's afraid, you know, I would leak it to the paparazzi, you know. I mean, we're boys, but he still don't trust me. <laughs> I know you asked for it. Yeah. He just wagged his finger at you. No, no, no. I don't think so. Uh, but, yeah, like you say, a lot of the players getting away. I mean, to me, a bye week, too, for the NFL, it is a time. Like, I don't think we do this enough in life in general is just sort of take a break from the grind and get away. So I'm hoping those guys can kind of do what they need to for football and then get away. relax enjoy themselves and then come back more fired up than anything so when you're talking injuries it's the same thing like this is a great time to sort of get healthy get over some of those bumps and bruises maybe put some nagging injuries behind you so I mean I gotta just throw a quick question back at you Grifka do you think Ziggy Anza will be ready to go against Miami I sure hope so to be honest with you I mean uh I I sure (laughs) I sure hope so that's not the answer we talked about you know from the insider information, I haven't received another phone call yet, probably because it's bye week. But, uh, you know, I still think they need him, even with the pressure. You know, they showed they got on Rodgers last week. I know we had talked about that. I still think they need the guy on defense. So um, let the guy play if he can play. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he woke up and, you know, accidentally, you know, stumbled over his cat and, like, you know, scraped his knee on the coffee table and he wouldn't be able to put the pads on against Miami. <laughs> So, Grifka, real quick, give the people uh, the classic tagline. Uh, <laughs> has Ziggy been back? 
and, and then do I want it. Ziggy to play? Yes. Do I see him doing it? No. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought it was going to be a simple no. But to me, again, let me get back to these injuries. So, like, to me, I see Ziggy Ansah returning in Miami um, to play football. I think he's had enough time. I feel like it's been trending in the right direction. I don't see why he's not out there. Now, will he finish the game? That's always a question. But I think he's definitely going to start this football game on the rush end there and uh, and hopefully make some plays for this defense. Uh, you know, the word's been out that uh, Agnew – probably has that uh torn i believe it's acl or knee which man that's tough like to me this guy was playing a lot more corner this year he's still electric in the return game which to me he's had a few called back but to me a returner is still not that valuable in the nfl i mean um, a lot of touchbacks on the kickoffs even with these rule changes i mean i don't see many kickoffs getting brought back and then the punt game is really the only place you can make it work. So I think we'll be fine just to plug in Amir Abdullah there. I mean, I like Agnew as a player. I liked him in the draft process, but that one might be, you know, easier to get by than some of the others. And then I have no clue on TJ Lang. I feel like TJ Lang's career could be over or he could be back in Miami. I, I don't know. So hopefully when we get closer, we'll find out what's going on with him. And then – you know, Diggs played with the cast. I thought it was fine, and uh, I don't see any other huge issues. Uh, I guess we we did talk him a little bit last time. You know, Carrion said he could come back, as you noted, and uh, I think that one's really important. So I'm hoping he just kind of takes takes it easy, stays off his feet, what gets whatever he has to right, because I want to see his in- touches increase, his role increase, and have that run pass. Um, Balance, because I don't know if you picked up on a Grifka, but I saw lots of play action last game where they were tucking in the running back, pulling it out, and looking to throw it downfield, which is what I've been calling yeah, for and, uh, for years now. And to uh, continue with the uh, injury situation, I believe that the Lions are, are, are going to need your boy, uh, Mike Roberts. Uh, we saw Toilolo drop that one pass that was right in his bread basket, and that doesn't look good for our tight ends, considering uh, once another week that uh, doesn't look like the tight ends were targeted at all. And then just Roberts just gives uh, the Lions another target in the in the red zone, you know. Uh, so uh, I think uh, I'm hoping he comes back here pretty soon as well. Like you said, uh, have you uh, have you heard anything on him? Have no, I mean they must have put him on the back burner. They must be more worried about the. Uh, about the Ziggy, you know, milking this injury and, you know, just Lions trying to hold him out so he doesn't get a big contract. You know, that's that's all I know. Maybe they're going to try to get him a job at the same uh, bowling alley as uh, as uh, Brandon Pettigrew. So, uh... <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't, I have no clue what, like, the, the seriousness of his knee injury is. It kind of just popped up out of nowhere, but... I mean, he hadn't made any real big plays, but I just felt like he's another good big body there at tight end. And, yeah, I hope he gets back. But, again, because they don't release much on injuries, like I don't know if he's got a contusion to the knee or if he tore right. a meniscus. So, uh, I have no that's idea. That's one of those guys, like, I know you were, uh, you know, really high on him, expect him to kind of have a breakout year, and I was, like, still cautious about him. Yeah, because was red, it, I know was zone, it they also – the lines also released with Akeem Velez. You know, they obviously must not like the way he developed to, to, so they could figure they could get rid of him, which they uh, obviously I believe they need to bring in some more defensive backs, especially uh, if uh, Agnew is going to be out for a while. I mean, uh, was it they got the guy from the practice squad. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. And he didn't have a, 
he didn't have that great a game against the Packers. So that's, uh, you know, I think the Lions are probably going to be looking at a few defensive backs over the bye week, you know, uh, trying to see bringing somebody else. Even though I did read that, you know, they were going to look to use Agnow just covering by, like, the, play, the guys they already had in-house, you know, and you mentioned Amir, so obviously he'll be the guy doing the uh, doing at least the kick returning. You know, I could probably see Golden Tate doing the punt returning, though. I don't know if uh, Amir's a punt returner or not. Um, but you're right. I mean, Amir's more than capable of, you know, catching a ball in the end zone and kneeling down and taking it out to the 25. But he still might fumble it. I don't know. He could he could be going down for the kneel and just it could just pop out of his hands. and You know, that would be something Amir-esque, you know. Hey. You, you've been hating on him for a while, Griffco, but I think this is a big chance for him to uh, just do those duties, but hopefully even get a few snaps well, in some other the, areas. The funny thing is, I don't know, plays, we didn't so cover I'm, this on I'm, the last show, but um, it was I did read, you know, this was this was something that I read before the Agnow injury that uh, Amir Abdulik, Amir Abdulik, you know, was a uh, potential trade to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't know what it is, but it obviously it seems like every running back out there as being, you know, you know, the Eagles are looking at him. He's reading all that Le'Veon Bell stuff. And it's like, well, obviously he's going to go back to Pittsburgh now. So, you know, it was like, oh, Amir Abdullah. It's just like, I guess I never realized that the, that the Eagles running game was like so bad that like every running back on the market is going to Philadelphia. So Amir was one of those guys that I heard was, uh, you know, I read that it would have been a possible trade to Philadelphia, but I don't think that's going to happen now with, uh, with Agnew's knee injury. So, yeah. Yeah, they've been saving him for, you know, an injury to creep up. I mean, it's not a running back injury. So, I mean, I'd still love to see him dealt for something and I'd love to see him in a different system and used. But, I mean, you can't really jump onto another team at week six, seven, whatever it might be in the NFL and really just get rolling. So I bet even if they traded for him, he'd just be a complimentary piece in Philly they wouldn't be able to really showcase all his talents but I still think he could be good Griff I don't think we'll see it in a Lions uniform but uh, we'll see what he does with the rest of his career but uh, yeah man hopefully uh, we get over these injuries and uh, nothing too bad I mean overall you got to feel other than uh, you know Ziggy that's one defensive player and one offensive lineman I mean other than that, little things here or there, we've been pretty good injury-wise through the yeah, through an early bye week. Doing here. okay. I mean, it's one of those things where, uh, like, if maybe things would have been different in Dallas if Ziggy would have played and maybe against, you know, uh, the 49ers. But, I mean, we talked about those games, kind of broke down what really ailed Detroit in those games more so than if, you know, Ziggy was out there. But, uh, but I'm – but I'm saying against compared to other teams, there's tons of teams where their starting running backs are gone. We've got top wideouts that aren't playing games. I mean, you got to compare it to the rest of the NFL, which is like a mash unit half the time. So, I mean, yeah, if Ziggy's in, does he make plays for us? That's something to consider. But I'm just saying, look at other teams, even our division, that are all dinged up all over the place. Like, this is where they got to take advantage of not being hurt too bad across the board and that's why it's a little frustrating that our defense is still sort of rough because we don't have yeah, any that, big issues yeah the, like you said we the should. biggest thing that we can point to on the defense was like oh well they don't have a pass rush because Ziggy's not out there but that should be something at this point I think the Lions are kind of used to <laughs> I know I know I harp on that a lot but it's just like Ziggy Ants on the field it's just like you know it's like a tree falling in the woods you know if nobody's there to hear it you know does it really fall if Ziggy Ants is not on the field do we really miss him I mean it's like something you're almost used to at this point 
You know, every time I see the injury report and I see Ziggy's on it and he's not playing, it's like, oh, okay, you know, no big deal. I guess next man up. You know, we've been there before. You know, so. Yeah. But it is a big deal. But every team, like I say, every week has got somebody that they would like to use or had a role for that's out. It just depends how many you have and how what impactful positions. And he's the biggest not only because of his contract and his ability, but you know you can't lose defensive ends when that's our weakest spot. So um, you know that does hurt. But I mean, I'm just looking at all our skill positions are healthy for the most part. Like. You know, a lot of our back end who's been playing really well is healthy, so they should just be even more healthy off the bye. And, you know, if we don't get any of those devastating season enders from any top guys, that's why I don't want to put Golden Tate back returning punts because, I mean, he's been playing well, and, and I just feel like, you know, yeah, he'd done it years and years ago, but I don't remember any good punt returns from mm-hmm. him in the last three, four years. So I say just keep him healthy and let's start yeah. swinging the ball. Like, like you said, our back end, we got I mean, him. Uh there's points where like, you know, we complain about like guys running free on, you know, uh, you know, opposing wide receivers, just like, how come nobody's covering this guy? How come nobody's covering this guy? But there's points where the lines are getting pressure and sacks because of that back end. And sacks really, and Chris Spielman showed it against the Packers. He showed one play where it was a Rogers. You know, I think it was the play where gosh, it was later in the game and he was kind of stuck in the pocket. The lines didn't give him the opportunity to like kind of, you know, sneak out to roll out to, you know, create space and give his wide receivers a chance to move. They kept him in the pocket and they ultimately got the sack. But Chris Spielman showed that that overhead and he goes, look, nobody's opening circled like all those guys. And, that, you know, that's just good coverage. It wasn't one of those, you know, two seconds and the lines were on him. No, it was probably like four seconds worth of blocking, four or five seconds worth of blocking. And you give any pro quarterback that amount of time and they're generally going to find somebody and somebody's going to get open. So, you know, part of that can be, you know, the wide receivers for the Packers too. But still, I mean, those wide receivers know should know enough to, you know, scramble to get open. But, you know, they did it against um, the Lions defensive backs, they did it against Dallas, they did it against, you know, New England. Um, they just were the, – them. they were covering the guys and not giving the quarterback enough time to, uh, you know, sit there. So, Yeah, so I think long and short, like you say, uh, heal up on the bye week, but I just wanted to throw in that caveat of be thankful that really there's only two big names, one on each side of the ball that we've been hurt for, a couple other maybes, and then everybody else pretty much ready Yeah, and so it's like, like you said, so I, let's I, keep that going. between the two of them, I mean, I, I had a debate with my friend, and he's a he's a he's a firm believer that Ziggy Ansah is the best player on that defense, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, man, that's what Darius Slay's for, but uh, you know, he he believes that Ziggy Ansah is the best player on that defense, but uh, you know, we butted heads on that, but uh, I think it was one of those things like where Lang is on the offensive line. I don't think, uh, like I said, Wiggins is serviceable you know, at him. And I saw later in the game, Joe Dahl was in there playing a little bit. Um, once again, I, I, it was probably just, you know, a rest for Wiggins in there. I don't know. I don't know if Wiggins went off with any, like, you know, any real reason, but I did see Joe Dahl in there later in the game against the Packers. So um, I don't want to say you could cover up Lang a little easier than you, than you could Ziggy, but still, um, I think Lang is probably a little more important to the Lions than, uh, and Ziggy Ansah, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, Griff, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, to me, Ziggy is the more impactful piece. I mean, Lang is a good um, meat and potatoes guy and a good leader 
but I, I don't love Kenny Wiggins by any means, but I think you can always hide a offensive guard a lot better than you probably can a impactful, big, strong defensive end. So we'll see what happens. I mean, like you say, I, I feel good about our injuries overall. I mean, a few things, but again, as I preached to you on previous shows, it's never going to be perfect. We're never going to be hundred percent healthy. I mean, just like my fantasy team, I wish everybody was healthy, ready to go, but a few injuries, yeah. you just got to find a way to get around mm-hmm. them. So, so um, we'll be all right with it being a bye week you know, uh, there's not a whole lot to uh, happen. And like I said, we can just kind of read all the stale reports coming out of your, your, friends you know down at the Detroit News and the Free Press but uh the Lions have beaten like like we had talked I feel they've beaten obviously the best two teams on their schedule so far and um come up a little short against the other teams um with that being said what what do you think the Lions need to do you know to get you know to the top of the division you know to win the division because I'm not quite for sure if wild card's going to come out of this division or not I feel for them to make the playoffs they, they might have to win this division so you know, technically they're sitting on the bottom right now. Those tie that tie that Green Bay and Minnesota had is definitely helping them at this point. But uh, what do you think the Lions need to do to get up to the top of the division? Well, I mean, at this point, to me, it's just as simple as you know, focus on those division games. You know, you've let you've let three games get away against teams that we should have beat, but I hate to say that because I always joke with friends that there's no clue when that schedule comes out. And when these games kick off every Sunday of who's going to win, how these games are going to play out. Like you really can't map it. So, and again, as a, as a Lions fan, I don't want to be chalking up W's against uh, people all day long. I think every week it's a a dog fight. You might, you don't know if you're going to blow a team out, if you're going to get blown out. So to win this division, you have to, hunker down against these teams that you feel you're even with or have a good chance of beating and and play a tough football game. When the Vikings, Bears, and Packers come to town or you go to their house, you got to put an emphasis on those games. And uh, they're right in the thick of it in the division. I mean, people would have loved to have a three and two record or, you know, some people four and one, you know, that type of thing. But to me, two and three is, is a realistic start. A win against the Packers is much better than losing to the Packers and beating the Jets. So I think they just need to take care of home. Again, these home games, you know, they've got two in their back pocket and they had the one debacle that we were at. So take care of your home field, win your division games, you know, try to maneuver around any major injuries and don't turn the football over. I mean, to me, those are the things that will get you right up there fighting with Green Bay and, uh, I don't know. It's going to be a dog. I was going to say Green Bay and Minnesota, but I think this whole division is going to be within a game or two of each other come to the end of the yeah, year. I, so. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Just that's like how I see. one protect home field. That's the biggest thing. I know every team wants to do that, but um, based on where you're at, based on the line schedule, they uh, they really need to defend their house. Like you said, you know, I'm sure they you know put a little more emphasis on the Bears and Vikings and Packers, but you know, showing that they can play against the Packers and, and beat those guys, you know, and you have to feel just as confident going against the Vikings and Bears. And like you said, it's, it seems to be a pretty tough division. And I think they're going to be, it sounds kind of trite, but I think they're just going to kind of be beating up on each other. So 
Um, not for sure if like the wild card will come out of this division or not, but so I think the Lions may need may need to win this one to be able to make the playoffs. Even though there's a lot of people out there saying no, it's not going to happen. It's a it's this year's a feeling out process for Matt Patricia and the team, you know. So they're probably taking a step back. But I mean, if if you're just hoping for your team to like kind of just you know muddle through, be average, you know, then you know I, I don't feel you're a real kool-aid drinker you know i mean it sounds stupid but you, you can look at everything with rose-colored glasses but you know hey they just beat the packers you know how come they can't go you know and beat the vikings and the bears and do the same thing i think one thing the lines def- definitely need to do though is um i don't want to say for lack of a better term take everybody seriously um i think that's kind of what happened to the vikings when they played the played the bills i mean i think the vikings probably just thought you know we can just throw our helmets on no big deal buffalo's terrible they're starting a rookie quarterback we got this one in the bag and buffalo just went out there and punched him in the face and just you know you know took their candy and left and um i don't I, i think the Lions have done that in the past i'm not saying they would do that you know this year that's not what i'm saying but I think there's years and, you know, teams where the Lions kind of got a little full of themselves and thought they would just be able to walk into somebody's house and just punch them in the mouth, you know, grab their candy and leave. But um, but the, the, I don't think they can do that. I don't think they're that team. I think they need to respect everybody. And, you know, coaches will tell you, teams tell you, oh, no, we, we think they're a tough team. It's just you can tell by kind of the way they play. They, you know, it's just like, come on, man, you thought you could just strap the helmets on. I mean, anybody who watched that Vikings-Bills game, you know that's what Minnesota was thinking. They were in their house. Buffalo, Buffalo was, you know, they're not that good a team. And then they just go out there and Buffalo smacks them around. And I think kind of what that's what teams are doing to the Bears right now at, at, in this first first quarter of the season. Well, it's the Bears, you know, Trubisky, you know. Yeah, they got a decent running game, but they don't really – their wide receivers aren't that good. Yeah, they just got Cloyle Mack, but, you know, still I, we should be able to beat them. And, you know, you know, Tampa Bay went into Soldier Field and just got the crap kicked out of them, you know. And everybody – I know there's a lot of people thinking that, that NFC South is the best division in football where all those teams are kind of patting themselves on the back thinking, you know, they're studs. And Tampa Bay went up to Chicago, and I don't know if they thought that – you know, they could just strap their helmets on or like, oh, we got the defense to stop them. But they just went in there and just beat the crap out of them. You know, the Bears got, you know, beat the crap out of Tampa Bay. So it's just it's one of those things like I think the Lions kind of need to respect everybody on their team. You know, I know we talk about it later in the year. Arizona is terrible. You know, they play at Buffalo late in the year. And I mean, I still don't think either one of those teams are very good, but I don't think their teams like the Lions, you know, they want to, you know, like we talk about going there and impose their will, you know, fine, take them seriously, but go in there, you know, have the game over by halftime. Fine, do that. But you got, you got to do that. And I think just by, you know, strapping on your helmets, thinking you go play them, that's where you always get bit by teams like that. <laughs> oh man, Grifka, at the end of that uh, take by you, I was, I was waiting for you to come back to strap your helmets for a fifth time or I, or punch them in the mouth and take their candy for a fourth or fifth time. I mean, that was incredible. But, uh, I, I mean, I agree with everything you said, but man, I, uh, I couldn't help but, uh, laugh at some of your anecdotes there, but, uh, I'm right there with you. I mean, you can't take anybody lightly in the NFL and you can't, uh, you can't just show up and think you're going to win. The Lions have to prove that over years here, and hopefully over the next five years or so, they will get it where we'll have some more um, games we come in and think we can win. But every game's a huge ball game. The next game's the biggest game. 
And that's the kind of mentality they got to have to not only win the division, but be a lot more solid team over the long run. So strap up the helmets, Grifka, yeah. punch them in the mouth. Like, but you know, the Lions, the Lions, hopefully they'll get to that at some day where you always hear those stories. You know, well, maybe not you. I know I always heard them. Um, like in the 80s, the 49ers would watch game film, you know, and prep, you know, and they would just be like, yeah, we got this team. And they would, like, they'd go out there, it's like, yeah, we're going to do this, this, and this, and we're going to beat the crap out of them. And you've probably heard that story. What was it, the year that, uh, was it uh, Aaron Shea was playing for the San Diego Chargers, and uh, Tom Brady was on the Patriots, and was it the year, what, the Chargers lost, like, two games or whatever like that? Well, obviously, Aaron Shea and Tom Brady both played at Michigan at the same time, and tells the story he's just like man we're gonna beat you guys you know Tom Brady's like we're gonna beat you guys we're gonna do this this and this and this and they didn't they went out there and they won the game you know in the playoff game so it's just to have that confidence going yeah we're gonna do this and this is all we're gonna do the lines aren't there yet but hopefully they get to that where there's like you know like on a Tuesday or Wednesday they're sitting there watching the film prepping going man we're gonna beat these guys you know you know we just gotta do this this and this and this game's over I, I don't think they're there yet but not even close, but it would be nice to have that one day where you hear those stories where, like, Matt Stafford was just sitting there on a Thursday going, man, we're going to beat the crap out of the Bears because this is what we're going to do, you know, and, you know, they just go in there and impose their will. So that would be nice. Yeah, something to strive for, no doubt. Yeah. Um, speaking of, like, I know we talked a little about the Bears, Vikings, and Packers. Is there anything that – where do you think they're at, you know, where, like, Detroit, you know, I know there's, it's a long season and they haven't played the Bears yet and the Vikings yet and they played the Packers once. Or you think there's things that the Lions need to do or change that they would, you know, change what they're doing now to be able to beat the Bears, you know, the Vikings, and, you know, maybe even sweep the Packers? Yeah, there's lots of things they have to do. I mean, right now, just looking at the stats and the numbers, they – they still are not – I mean, they, they did a little bit better against Green Bay, but, I mean, the, the run defense has to sure up. You know, we talked a lot on the last show about them coming out a lot more uh, hair on fire, a lot more aggressive. You know, that's got to happen. I think that the biggest thing to me, and I I think they said it on the broadcast on Sunday, and I had been telling it to you for weeks, is the NFL – yeah, it's a coin flip, but if you really break it down, the only stat that matters more than any others is the turnover battle. So, you know, you have to win that turnover battle and you have to get those turnovers at opportune times. So to beat the Vikings in Minnesota, you're going to need turnovers deep in their end. You're going to need turnovers when they're driving on you and you need a stop. You're going to need sacks like at opportune times. I don't care if you get five six sacks I want two or three that really matter and uh and the offense I was hearing somebody too talking about like I don't know that we realize how good of a receiving core we have right now with Marv Kenny and GT like to me there's not many other teams that have three four well, not four because TJ Jones is terrible but three guys that can really get after you in all types of routes the field all that type of stuff like I think we really need to maximize that because we might not have that in 2019 so spread them out you know helps the run game too when you throw it around a little bit so I think the the biggest keys in the second half and just beating some of these division teams or teams that are quote-unquote better than the Lions on paper you know impactful crucial turnovers when the game really matters and uh 
offense game clicking. That's what's got to happen. Yeah, um, I agree with you on that. The turnovers will be huge. It's it's strange when I think about these three teams: the Bears, the Vikings, and the Packing. The the Vikings and the Packers. That they're they're three. I, I realize they're three different teams, but you almost got to play them three different ways. It's like the Bears; they have a they have a strong running game, you know, with their running backs, and um, I don't think they're putting too much on Trubisky to win these games. So they're going to rely heavily on that running game, and um, as as we've seen so far, the Lions have had a little bit of trouble stopping the run. So the Lions are going to have to come up with a scheme to be able to shut that down as much as possible, and um, at least you know have those wide receivers. They might those those wide receivers of the Bears might have a lot of one on one matchups against the Lions' defensive backs where the Lions are trying to commit more to stop those running backs to the Bears. Now with the Vikings, I mean, they got a really tough defense, so that's going to be a slugfest. But I think the Vikings wide receivers are probably the best ones that the Lions will face. I mean, Thielen's, you know, kind of came out of nowhere, the undrafted guy. and He's that reliable, sure-handed guy that can go over the middle. Stephon Diggs is fast. He can stretch the field. And um, Dalvin Cook's hurt right now, so I'm not quite for sure when he'll be back. But still, that's one of those games. It's going to be those games the Lions played against the Vikings last year were slugfest. You know, so it's going to have to be – I feel it's going to have to be the same way this year. They're going to have to be close games to win those games, like, you know, 17-14, you know, 13-10 games on those. I know Kirk Cousins signed there, and uh, Minnesota just went to Philadelphia and, you know, put up a lot of points on Philadelphia. But um, I still think the way to beat those guys, it's going to have to be a slugfest. I don't think you're going to be able to out – you know, it's not going to be a shootout against Minnesota simply because Minnesota has such a good defense. And uh, the Packers, I think that's going to be one of those games like we had talked about. You know, they're all they're going to have to be shootouts to beat those guys. I mean, especially going up to Green Bay. I realize it'll be late in the year, but Green Bay has that. Uh, they know how to win in that weather. You know, putting up points. You know, I I think I know me and you have always talked about this before. You know, if you could put the Green Bay Packers offense with the Minnesota Vikings defense, you would just you would have an, just an awesome team. You know, so. I th- where as good as the Packers' offense is, I don't think their defense is that great. So the Packers can throw up a lot of points, so you got to throw up a lot of points as well. So that's what I mean. It's like you're playing three different styles in those games where everybody always sends, you know, the NFC North, the old black and blue division, you know, three yards of cloud of dust. But really, I think it's just one of those games is like kind of three three yards cloud of dust, and that's the Minnesota game. So, um the lines are going to have to be able to, you know, go chameleon on all those games where they're going to have to like, you know, have a, D, a certain scheme to beat each one of those guys. Yeah. I'm there with you. You did say the word slugfest a few times. Like to me, the lions aren't there yet in regards to their defense. Like I don't see them doing well in a slugfest against anybody um, at this point, just based on their personnel and, you know, just the way they've been playing, it's either been adequate or they've got tore up. So, you know, before we get in a slugfest with Minnesota, one of the top D's probably in football, you know, they're going to have to prove that to me. But I agree with your other takes. And, you know, to me, it's, as you said, at the very end, you've got to kind of figure out ways to manipulate your team to who you're playing. You know, if it needs to be a shootout, can we shoot out? We should be able to, you know, if – Later in the year, we need to call on our defense a bit more than we do now. Will they be able to step up? I sure hope so. Yeah, so it's just it's just kind of the way I looked at it. You're right. The defense isn't where they can do the slugfest, you know, win a game 13-10. But, you know, Matt Patricia said it was always kind of a learning thing. It's a learning curve. 
maybe when they do play them here in a few weeks that uh, the defense has kind of come around and they're, they, they, it can be one of those things where they can do the slugfest type of thing. So it's obvious, though, like you had said, there's there's a you know a bunch of things they need to do you know to get to the top of that division, and maybe something happens in the NFC where you know they do get lucky, where you know they besides the division winner, a uh, the, the wild card does come out of this division, and uh, in that way it gives the Lions another opportunity to make the playoffs. Because yeah, don't get me wrong, I mean. Like you hear a lot of things. It's you know it's the feeling out here. They'll take a step back as Matt Patricia learns his team. But I always want the Lions to make the playoffs. You know, I mean, I'm sure everybody wants that. Other teams, nobody wants us like nobody's sitting here rooting for them to lose so they can get a high draft pick. So even though they can get you know Ed Oliver and Coco was donkey. So I I agree. I mean, but again, this is a tough division. We we lost some non-division games that were tough. I mean. It's not going to be easy. No one's penciling the Lions in at this point, based on what we've seen to date of, you know, running away with this division or being in the playoffs. So I think you're going to have to fight, scrap, and hope that you get some lucky breaks and some victories to be up there towards the end of the year. And then will they this year or in future years do what they haven't done yet, which is win those big games? I mean, we went to Green Bay. We lost. We um you know, we had a couple games mid-year we had in the bag to get us a home playoff game and choked them away. Like, that's going to be my biggest thing. It doesn't have to happen this year, in my opinion. To, to, for Matt Pat to be the coach I think he's going to be is get his personnel, get the scheme, get a, get a few more impactful guys, r- draft free agent. But set yourself up to win these big games when it matters most. And, you know, the NFL – even if we don't have a great year, we're still going to be six, seven, eight wins. That's what most teams are in the league. And to win two or three more of those is what puts you over the top and gets you that home playoff game that we've been craving. So even if it doesn't happen this year, I think it's a good point by you to sort of look ahead at this division. What do we got to do to beat these other teams this year? But I'm, I'm thinking more long-term too about, uh, I'd like the next couple of years to be beating Minnesota. I'd like to be, not worried about when we play Green Bay in, in Lambeau and, and saying, hey, if everything's on the line, we have a team that can go get those games. And they got a lot of work to do to get there. But I think that uh, that's the goal. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And uh, you make some good points there. So I know you don't like it when I agree with you and you always want me to debate you on stuff. But, no, I, I agree with you on that right there. Um. Like I said, uh, this being the bye week, we don't want to harp I'm telling the people, it. I don't know when, but it's... I, wait, 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 Grifka. Yeah. Grifka, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I need to talk to the people for a second, because I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but there but there is going to be a Grifka bell that's going to be implemented here before this season is over. I'm going to get one of those little bells that you see at a hotel. And when you go with the Grifka-isms or when you agree with me, we're going to ring that bell, son, because um, like you say, I love it, but uh, we got to get a Grifka bell. So people look out for that. It's okay. coming soon. Um, okay, so uh, like I said, uh, this being a bye week, uh, we don't want to harp on the Dolphins too much. <laughs> you, agree? you agree with that? You can do it if you'd like to, but uh, I'm, I'm going to move on. You don't agree with the bell, Grifka? <laughs> Uh, like I said, you could do it if you'd like that, but uh, <laughs> do uh, do 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 do, do minds um, reasonable minds can differ. <laughs> give me the tagline. <laughs> the reasonable minds can differ. 
But go ahead. <laughs> See, you're gonna make me self. You're gonna make me self conscious right, of it. I'll stop doing look it. For that. That's gonna be. I'll that's stop. gonna be amazing. I'll stop doing it. So, okay. Like I said, with it being a bye week, we're just gonna move on here. No since... way. Not when I buy a bell. You won't. You're gonna. You're gonna do them. Derek's obviously tickling himself with a feather here. So uh, we're just gonna move on. <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, with it being a bye week, I don't want to harp on the Dolphins because I know you guys want to hear uh, three shows on the Dolphins. So, uh, I mean, we're just going to take a step back. I know we don't like to do this, but uh, we're going to have our – What about Reggie White? Bing! Sam, I'm going to stop using Reggie White. I'll start using, like, Mark Gaston or something. On you. You're going to be like, who's that guy? And I'll be like, huh? I'll, I'll say somebody Bing. like – I'll say, like, Tracy Scroggins, Bing. and you're going to be like, wait, who's that guy? I'm like, he used to play for the Lions. Gosh, give me a break. You know? So – uh Anyways, uh, let's, uh, let's get oh, this back man. on the track. Cabell is going to be good. Can't wait. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, once again, now uh, with right. it being a bye week, uh, we're just going to go around the league. I know you guys don't want to talk about uh, listen, listen about the Dolphins, So, uh, and I know we don't like to do this, but I just want to get Derek's thoughts on a few things right now with it just being a uh, being a bye week. Uh, right now, I mean, uh, who would you call at this point? You know, uh, I want to say like top five, but give me like your top three teams right now in the NFL. You know, what what who, what teams have shown you the most that you're like, yeah, these teams are great right now. I mean, Grifka, when you're talking top teams in the NFL, I think comes down to two main ones. I mean, not going to have any shockers here. To me, the Rams are dynamic offensively. They got some playmakers on defense. They're struggling through a few injuries right now, which would be tough. And then we got the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs have been the talk of the town. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid calling those crazy plays in that offense. But their defense is, is you know, nothing to uh, be too happy about over there. So we'll see what happens with those two teams. But, I mean, those are my top two. And then if you're looking for a third, I mean, between the Patriots and the Saints, I mean, I feel like those are the teams with the most firepower, especially the way the Pats are coming into form now with – people coming back, and, uh, man, the Saints just have a lot of playmakers, too, on both sides of the ball. So those are my, my top few teams. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you on those teams. Uh, I know the Rams Bing. are just uh, – <laughs> I know the Rams are just going out and uh, beating a bunch of teams right now, and I think, what, Brandon Cooks, I think he got hurt last game, if I remember seeing that. So, I mean, yeah, that, he got that it, does, blown up, concussion, man. Yeah, so that does take out one of – that does take out the guy who stretched the field for him. Cooper but Cup, got, concussion, too. Yeah, so that uh, so they still got Todd Gurley on that team, but uh, their defense, like you said, you know, it's pretty dynamic. So um, they're still going to be really tough. Uh, same can be said about the Chiefs. I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes having a great year. Obviously, Andy Reid was smart enough to get rid of the game manager and Alex Smith, and uh, just go out there and start uh, have a quarterback who can wing it around and uh, Pat Mahomes. And then, like you said, between. Uh, the Patriots and the Saints. I know the Saints are throwing up a whole lot of points. I'm still not sold on the Saints defense, though. I think it's kind of like a few years ago, uh, you know, where the Saints would go around and just kind of, you know, beat up on a whole lot of teams by outscoring them, you know, as opposed to shutting them down. But then, uh, like you said, and you know, the Patriots until somebody in the somebody in that uh, AFC shows that they're, uh, you know, a class above them, I'm still going to put the Patriots up there, even though they have a couple losses. Uh, so uh, right now. Who would be uh, some of the uh, worst teams that you think right now in the NFL? Well, after week one when we left Ford Field, uh, we we thought we saw one team that was pretty bad, but they've uh, turned it around. That's our Lions. Uh, turned around a bit, but, I mean, other teams have been disappointing, in my opinion. I'm always 
I'm a huge guy on the Falcons. Like I, I love their offense and their D coming in this year. They've had two big injuries on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, their offense is sort of hit or miss. I don't know why they can't get Julio the ball, you know, in the red zone or for touchdowns. But I just love the Falcons uh, from top to bottom. They've been – they've kind of been up and down, had sort of a rough year. Giants have been terrible. I mean, the Giants have playmakers, you know, a great receiver. Don't you think Griff could just a dynamic weapon out there? Oh, yeah, and Saquon Barkley, 66-yard touchdown, you know, from 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 the new quarterback, Odell. There you go. Dynamic duo. I love them, and I, I love uh, some players they have on defense, but they have just been absolutely uh, – in the words of Matt Derry, one of my favorite guys on Locked On Lions, they've been a tire fire. Uh, <laughs> he always goes with that, or dumpster fire, which makes me laugh every time. So those are two teams that have been real disappointing, had real rough years. Yeah, um, I would go with your Giants team. I mean, simply because uh, you so, know your two your two favorite players of all time. You know, Saquon Barkley and Odell are on that team, even though the defense is still terrible. So, Griffin, you know, in more ways than one, you don't disagree with me. You, I would uh, be along the same lines as you with that. <laughs> oh, oh, all right, you. Uh, I can't bell you on that one, but I tried. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, we'll jump off that team. I would have to say. Uh, uh, another uh, team that uh, isn't that great is uh, <laughs> we're gonna go. We're gonna go with the San Francisco 49ers. I realize they got one win right now, and uh, they're gonna be hurting now that they're you know with the Golden Boy Jimmy G's out. So uh, you know CJ Beathard obviously is not gonna lead them anywhere. So uh, I realize the San Francisco 49ers did beat our beloved Detroit Lions, but I still think they're a pretty crappy team. So I'm gonna go with those couple teams right there. Um, who do you think a couple biggest surprise teams right now? Who are you surprised at either where they're at or uh, what they're doing right now? I feel kind of crazy to say it after the fact, but I remember me and the big Hughes and a few other buddies talking about how, you know, to me, Pat Mahomes coming out of the draft was just the guy with a big arm, totally inaccurate, like wasn't going to be, you know, everything he was sort of being talked up to be. But, I mean, this guy is fun to watch. He's been slinging it around. He's making good decisions as a rookie. I mean, that surprised me, especially even some of their weapons. Like, I wasn't a big Tyreek Hill fan till this year, but he seems to just be faster than everybody else on the field. And sometimes that kills and just gets you open. So, you know, that along with just some of the other pieces, they've surprised me just how good they've been. And then I was super surprised. This is fitting as we kind of head into next week talking about the uh, Lions v. Dolphins. But, and Dolphins were 3-0, and and then they got whooped the last two, I believe. Or um, Well, they got whooped by the Patriots, and then what happened? They kind of lost a lead or they lost again, didn't they? So they're 3-2. and two. Yeah, they're uh... – yeah, the Bengals. Uh, they they were up. Uh, was it ten nothing or something right. on the Bengals, and yeah. then or seventeen nothing or something like that. And then the Bengals like they got a mix and score touchdown. Then Bengals got two defensive touchdowns. Yeah. Just kind of walked away with the game. Yeah. So like the Dolphins surprised me in the beginning, and now they've been stumbling. And I hope that continues. And it, um, you know, not to steal all, any of your teams, but you I mean you just brought up the Bengals too. I I love Joe Mixon. You know. Green's been doing it for a long time, but um, they seem to be putting up some W's and playing more consistent. Usually they're, you know, great one week and then terrible for a couple weeks and good again, and then they always lose in the playoffs. But, I mean, I think the Bengals have a solid team on both sides of the ball. Uh, For me, I know uh, we've talked about this in the past, but I would have to say one of the biggest prizes right now is probably the Bears. Um, 
them getting Khalil Mack, it just gave that team so much confidence to go out there and, uh, you know, put a whooping on another team. So I still don't think their offense is all that great, but their defense just seems to be pretty dangerous right now, a lot more than uh, I would have given them credit for in the preseason. So I think Chicago's really surprised me. And another one, to be perfectly honest with you, is the Cleveland Browns. Um, I still don't think they're that great a team, but, you know, three three overtime games in, uh, in the first five, I mean, that says a lot. I mean, and in those games, they're 1-1-1, one, one, and one, you know, and uh, technically, I mean, uh, they, sh- they should have won that Raiders game because the NFL, you know, did one of their patented, oh, we're sorry we missed that, but we still can't change it for you type things. And, uh, you know, they played Pittsburgh. If the Cleveland kicker at the time could have actually made some field goals, you know, they should have beat the beat the Steelers. So um, I'm going to uh, – I want to say the Cleveland Browns have, have surprised me, surprised me a lot as well. Um but then uh, pretty much I, I kind of want to go as a whole is that whole NFC East. Everybody, it seems like ESPN always talks up that conference to make it sound like it's tough no matter what. And like, oh, the Eagles were the Super Bowl champions. And, you know, the Cowboys, you know, they're the Cowboys. And uh, the Giants go, have you. Know, Here we go. The Giants go ahead, have your two favorite players. And, uh, you know, the Washington Redskins, you know, with their history. And uh, it just seems that, that it seems that whole division itself isn't as strong as – as, as, as they get credit for. So uh, uh, you can ping me on that. You can call it a uh, whatever you want, but those are all big market. Those are all big market teams for a lot of fans, and they generally get a lot of calls, and, you know, uh, it's miraculous. I don't know how, like, you know, your boy Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham can't lead that team to an undefeated season. So, uh, you know, I, I would have to say that whole NFC East division to me is a uh, – Pretty surprising, pretty disappointing for uh, what they're doing. <laughs> hey, Griff, I know we're about to close down the podcast, but and I know I do this to you often, but I got to do it again for the people. So people out there listening to Kool-Aid Cast, another great one that Griffka does a lot, and go back in the archives and listen to some of our episodes, is when he goes, they're not that great. Like, like, and you got to emphasize the great, I think I want to say, I'm trying to think when you did that epic rant on Aaron Rodgers, I think you dropped it a couple of times. He's not that great. I mean, come on. Like you just went on, like uh, you nailed that a lot of times. So to me, that always makes me laugh. And that's a classic uh, go to uh, how uh, they're not that great. So I, I love that. So yeah, there's lots of teams out there that's been surprising and there's a lot that aren't that great. So uh, like I say, it, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the sh- season shakes out i mean we're, we're not even six games in barely so lots of football to play yeah like i said this is just with it being a bye week i mean we don't want to hammer on you know with a dolphins game coming up here and you can only talk about injuries so much and we always break down where the where the lines are at pretty much every week but uh, just want to touch base you know get feelers out there you know what you feel about you know the rest of the league so once again we're not looking to do that every week but uh you know just uh you know with it being a bye week so i just wanted to get your thoughts on that so uh i'm glad glad you were able to uh you know come through with some teams and you know uh me and you differed on some stuff but that's fine <laughs> yeah man sounds sounds good so like you say everybody uh enjoy this bye week the lions are off but there's still great football out there to to watch i know i'll be keying in on my fantasy football and and like Griffka said getting away some family and some just some general hangout time while our team won't be uh be on on the weekend uh, if we got any uh, wolverine fans out there big game against wisconsin this saturday and uh, then we'll have nfl football back next week where we're taking on the miami dolphins so for me and for grifka we'll be back next week talking uh, all things dolphins any type of 
injury updates, any other nuggets we can get. So looking forward to it and uh, be great to even up that record Grifka and get us uh, headed in the second half of our season off the bye week on a good note. So uh, anything else for the people before we get out of here? No, just drink it in. Drink it in everybody. Detroit Kool-Aid cast. We love everybody listening. We appreciate everybody out there and uh, it's going to be a great, uh, rest of the season and uh, definitely be positive for this football team and hopefully they uh, can display what they did against uh, Green Bay this past week on the field. We're really looking forward to it. So everybody, drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid, we're out. This Sunday I'm going to give you what you crave, what everybody here craves. Drink it in, man.